Well, you, you were successful in not spoiling the, the twist in this movie for me, so good job. That was the opening music to Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. This is part two of our podcast on this movie. And I'm Matt Johnson, and I'm recording from Seattle today. No, I'm actually, I'm not. I'm recording from Portland. <laughs> good. good. <laughs> At least you're indoors. Yeah, I'm recording from somewhere on the West Coast. How about that? And this is Bob Johnson, and I'm uh, also recording from the West Coast, from Los Angeles, welcoming everyone back to classic movie reviews and our review of whatever happened to baby jane two more dysfunctional sisters i i would never want to meet i should put that i should play that music from white christmas where they sing sisters oh yeah <laughs> this was completely different wasn't it yeah yeah two two uh never two more devoted sisters yeah not not really. i uh, I did a little update on my looking at the background on the movie, and I had forgotten this, but it was released on Halloween of 1962. I had forgotten that. Oh, Perfect. that makes sense. And I think I probably went to see it on Halloween in 1962 in Boulder. I couldn't wait to see this crew. <laughs> when last we met, uh, we were not going to reveal anything uh, in the future of the film, but I think we left off just before baby Jane started to practice for her return to the stage with uh, her piano player. Yeah, he had just arrived at the house. <laughs> and that, that scene when he walks that scene when he walks into the house and he's he walks into that front room and he goes, Well, this is certainly nicely decorated. <laughs> like, oh I say what a perfectly charming room. So you're Edwin Flack? Yes, that's right. I'll bring in some tea. You like tea? Oh, yes, I'm quite fond of tea. You must have guessed that I'm English. Oh, really? How nice for you. I was thinking good old Victor Bruno and his, and his mother were also a very healthy and, and non-dysfunctional group. And he had no idea who Baby Jane was, but then when he went home later after this first meeting and talked to his mom about it, she she knew the whole backstory and was like warning him not to get involved. And he he just totally blew her off. Now what do you think you'll do? I'll manage, lovey. I suppose you think I'm making all this up. I wouldn't know. Well, Hazel should know, shouldn't she? She worked right in the same studio, and that's when it all happened. Just after one of those studio parties, and right in front of her own house. Jane Hudson drove her car straight at her own sister and crippled her for life. Oh, come on. You mean she tried to kill her? Yes, she did. She tried to murder her own sister. Well, how is it they didn't arrest her then? Oh, they would have. But the studio had it all ushed up on account of Blanche Hudson's career. Oh, yeah, that sounds very likely. Yes, doesn't it? So the fine woman you've chosen to run around with turns out to be broke. Uh 
And a murderer as well. I see. Well, it's true. All right, then. If it's true, I'll ask her about it when I see her again. How's that? You wouldn't see a woman like that again. Why not? You just told me she's got a rich sister. You haven't heard the worst of it yet. You mean there's more? Yes, there is. After she'd run down her own sister, your precious Jane Hudson ran off and left her there to die like some poor animal. She ran off and disappeared for three old days. Oh? What happened then? Don't tell me they couldn't find her. Oh, they found her all right. They found her all right. They found her in, in some hotel room with a man that she'd never even seen before. Well, why should that upset you? Isn't that how I was conceived? Oh. <laughs> well, I think uh, two things. He thought it was really strange, but he really needed the money. Mm -hmm. If for no other reason than he needed to buy a new suit. That was a terrible suit. <laughs> that, it didn't fit right in his tie. <laughs> <laughs> when so he tied his tie, it was totally crooked. It was great. <laughs> He, he had quite a career uh, in Hollywood. He, he made a lot of different strange movies. I think he was in Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte with Betty Davis uh, that came out in 1964. I believe he was in that one. I'm not sure, but quite uh, a I, I thought he was perfect for this movie because he just, he just was weird enough to, to kind of give the movie just an extra layer of strangeness. <laughs> Didn't it seem to you that every time he was on camera, he looked like he was kind of dazed and confused and like, what is going on? But I do like the money. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love the scene when he, uh, baby Jane goes upstairs to get dressed because they're going to do like a little rehearsal type thing, I guess. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, he sits down at the piano and starts looking through the books on the piano uh, there and starts to play one of the songs that she sang when she was a child and then she she comes into the room and it's like this i don't know it was almost like the spotlight was on her you know and she started to sing the song and i've written a letter to daddy his address is heaven above it's wonderful a letter to daddy his address is heaven above i've written dear daddy we miss you and wish you were with us to love instead of a stamp i put kisses the postman says that's best to do. I've written a letter to Daddy saying I love you. He had this look on his face like, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? Because <laughs> it's, not, it's not great, you know, she doesn't sound great. And It was he, surreal. It was super surreal. And the song that she was singing was 
oh gosh, in the context of that scene was bizarre. About how her dad had, I guess it was a song about how her dad had passed away and she was sending like these letters to him in heaven. Yes. <laughs> well, and, you know, I noticed that the dress that she was wearing looked uh, like the one that she was wearing at the opening of the film when she was just a child. And I thought, she must have gone to a lot of work to remake that dress to, to look exactly like she did as a child. I was like, this is just bizarre. And her hair was the same, and she had the bow in her hair, and it was just like the same look, except uh, like 60 years later. <laughs> yeah, her, her makeup was slightly, slightly different. And then after the, after she finishes singing and, and Victor Bruno's characters, like that was that was really great. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really, uh, he's like looking for the right word to use. <laughs> to oh man! That. Oh man! Oh man! I I, I just uh, she was totally committed to uh, her comeback. She knew that she was going to be another star. She believed it. She totally believed it. And he fed right into it because he's like, well, if she's going to pay me, I think it was $100 a week, uh, I'll do, I'll say whatever she wants. And it was, it was, but it, it got even weirder though because she started to think that he had a crush on her and that they were like going to be dating. Yes. And, that alone oh, would be frightening. Can you the imagine them thing. on the dance floor? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I guess I could. It would be something to see. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, dear old Blanche is going through hell upstairs. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's a uh, so at this at this point she's still in the wheelchair and she's trying to get the attention of uh, Victor's character. Yes. Uh, unsuccessfully, but then um, she. Oh, let's see. Baby Jane, like, leaves the house for some reason to go run an errand, and then, oh, no, it was to drive, Vic, it was to drive him home, right? So, and then Blanche gets herself downstairs and, and calls the doctor, and the doctor, God, the doctor was so incompetent, like, he must have known something was going on, right? And, like, he he just completely disregards Blanche's like cries for help, and then Baby Jane comes home and sees that this has happened, and she kicks the crap out of Blanche. Yeah, I know. And then doesn't she continue the conversation with the doctor in that weird voice, saying everything was okay? Yeah, it's uh, bizarre I'm, I'm, how she could just mimic her voice. It was it was yeah. As a ter apparently she was a terrible actress, but she was great at doing voices. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we haven't yet reached the point where the caregiver. Well, no, because because uh, I think what happened next is Blanche uh, gets taken back upstairs. I'm not quite sure how Baby Jane does that, but she she drags her back upstairs and ties her up. That's oh, that's right, yeah. So now she's sort of like really a prisoner, and she's tied up, and uh, and then Victor's character comes back, I think the next day, and uh, Blanche has been able to knock a lamp off of the bedstand table, bedside table, and 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 so he goes upstairs to check it out and sees that that's happening, and like freaks out, and Baby Jane is like, "No, don't leave, don't leave." <laughs> 
But rather than going to the police, he just was. Now, was this after or before? Now, I might get the timeline a little bit wrong here. Was this after or before the caregiver comes back? Well, I, I think uh, the caregiver, uh, I'm, I'm looking here, is suspicious. Her the caregiver's name is Elvira, El not Elvira, Elvira. Uh, she returns the next day and discovers Blanche in a weakened and starved state. But before she can rescue her, Jane beats beats the caregiver to death with a hammer and disposes of the body. Then I think right, that's what happens. Then I think Victor shows up and and has that usual look like, well, she's killing people off or trying to, but she still pays me. So I she's still <laughs> she's still paying me. So I'll overlook that. Yeah, so that scene where the caregiver, like, bless her heart, she was the only one that really seemed to, like, give a crap enough to to pursue trying to figure out what's going on. And she didn't trust baby Jane anyway at all. Um, I know. She but was, I, was, I was shocked when baby Jane hits her over the head with a hammer. I was like, holy crap, didn't see that coming. No, no. I had forgotten about that when I rewatched it, but it's... Uh... Again, it was uh, released on Halloween, and it's in keeping with that kind of movie. So Victor doesn't really do much. I mean, he sees all this, but he, he really kind of freaks out and wanders around aimlessly. Yeah, so v rather, than, rather than going to the police and saying, hey, there's this uh, really odd couple of <laughs> sisters, and one of them is tied upstairs in, in, in bed, he just goes to the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then he and then he decides I don't know what he's thinking, but then he decides to go back to the house, and the police pick him up because he's totally drunk out in front of the house, and he's saying, "Well, no, I'm 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 friends with them. I'm, I need to go uh, see them." And so they bring him to the front door, and so there's two police officers. What what is Victor Bruno's character's name? I can't even remember. Uh, it is. Uh, oh, come on, Bob. Oh. Edwin Flagg. Edwin, that's right. Edwin, I love that. Edwin. Edwin Flagg. Edwin is there with these two police officers, and, and Baby Jane's like, oh, no, I, I do know him. I, or, I, right? I think he... And, and the police say, okay, well, good enough. Yeah, it was. it's just like, there's just so many layers of incompetence going on. <laughs> it's like, anyway, so... He's created this chamber of horrors in his house. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of all comes to a head when, like, what what is the what is the event that causes Baby Jane to like load up uh, Blanche into the car and go to the beach? <laughs> well, uh, Baby Jane was very must have been pretty strong because she also got rid of the uh, caregiver's body, and then oh right, that, uh, let's take an outing to the beach. Right, right, right. Yeah, she's uh, she loads up the caregiver's body into the back of the car and dumps her somewhere, and then decides that it's it'd be a good idea to go to the beach and hang out. Not not quite sure like what her thinking is there. I think they always liked the beach as children, I guess. And and during this um, uh, period, Edwin did finally go to the drugstore, and it, we were kind of led to believe that he maybe did call the authorities at that point. It's not really clear in the movie, but <clears throat> I think he could possibly have done that because the police are kind of on the lookout at the beach. Yeah, well, and also, I think what happened was that Baby Jane kind of freaked out because Edwin was, like, 
saying that he was going to go tell the police. And then she's also freaking out because Blanche is unconscious and unresponsive. And, and maybe at that time we think maybe she's dead. And so uh, baby Jane is like, well, we have to get out of here. Let's go. Let's, let's get out of the house. Let's go to the beach. And, and then, yeah, during all that time, the police find the caregiver's body and there's like an APB out on, uh, uh, baby Jane and this car that she drives. So the police are looking for her and they're, they've, they've, they've spent like the night. I think they spent like the night at the beach. And then in the morning, she, they, she's, they're still there and, Baby Jane decides, let's go, I'm going to go get some ice cream and goes up to the ice cream stand. And I, I got to say that, that ice cream stand, what a, that, I was thinking that'd be a cool place to work. You're right on the beach. You have this amazing <laughs> view. <laughs> and you get to eat all the ice cream you want. Yeah. Meanwhile, and, poor Blanche is on the beach. Now, before she does pass, uh, she confesses to baby Jane that the paralysis was her own fault that the night of the accident she had tried to run Jane over because she was angry at her sister and it backfired and it paralyzed her. Jane, I'm, I'm dying. There's no time. You must listen. I make you waste your whole life thinking you'd crippled me. Please stop. You didn't do it, Jane. I did it myself. Don't you understand? I crippled myself. You weren't driving that night. I wouldn't let you drive. I made you go open the gates. I watched you get out of the car. You'd been so cruel to me at the party. Imitating me. Making people laugh at me. I watched you get out of the car. I wanted to run you down. Crush you. You saw the car coming. I hit the gates. I snapped my spine. What do you mean? All this time we could have been friends. So there is that confession, and then Baby Jane says that wonderful line, and I'm not going to quote it quite exactly, but you mean that all this time we could have been friends? <laughs> like after she's murdered the caregiver and, you know, treated her. Tortured sister. her, spent all the money, yeah. 
But I, 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 so that's kind of the twist, and uh, it was it was pretty surprising. I, I s- still don't quite understand how she could get paralyzed from tr- like running into that gate in front of their house because it was literally like twenty five feet maybe, and I don't think you could get going fast enough to like do that kind of damage to yourself. But I don't know. Must have been a freak. Maybe it wasn't a very well made car. Well, they certainly didn't wear seatbelts back then. We know that. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Baby Jane goes uh, after this confession, and well, she goes, you know, when she gets the ice cream, it comes back to the beginning of the movie when she finishes her act and she wants her own way totally. And what does she want? Ice cream. So she's reverted to her childhood. Well, and it, 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 that's that's good. I didn't even think about that. It takes us back to that one of those first scenes where she's screaming, "I want my ice cream!" and having a meltdown, and and then she she starts like dancing, and there's and and the camera kind of pulls back like it was the, like a helicopter shot where there's this crowd of people around her, and she's sort of like dancing, and and the <clears throat> it zooms out, and and that's kind of the close of the movie. And I thought, God, what a weird and and what we're a never- weird lady. We're never sure if Blanche survived or not. It was yeah, we don't know if she died or what. Yeah, yeah. But then it's it's a very um, there's a lot of there's a lot going on in this movie. Most of it not good. Well, and there's there's no like you're led to believe through the whole movie that Blanche is sort of like this victim. And, yes. And then at the very end, you find out that actually. In a lot of ways, Baby Jane was the the victim of of so of Blanche. So I wonder, I wonder what the relationship really was like. Like, I, like from the perspective of the of the movie executives, from the perspective of how the film is directed and kind of the story is laid out, uh, from the perspective of like the caregiver, you're led to believe that. Blanche is sort of Blanche is sort of this uh, angelic character who's just been so put upon by her sister, but you. I, but then at the end, you wonder like, well, what did Blanche do to Baby Jane to like torture her too? Like it must have been going both ways. I <clears throat> I think so. It's just not. It's not clear. Like you say, Blanche is made out to be the uh, the total victim here. It, it's an interesting. It's a really interesting movie. I, I was glad that we picked it because um, it's fun to watch it again. And, and these two, well, well, this uh, TV series that we watched called The Feud, which was the making of this story and the lives of Betty Davis and Joan Crawford and uh, Warner Brothers executive Jack Warner. I think the, the Warner Brothers uh, executive just wanted to have as much of this weirdness going on because he said the more they hated each other in real life, the better it came across on the screen. Yeah, he was promoting whatever he could to uh, to get them to fight with each other. Uh, how much of that is true, I don't know, but uh, I guess they didn't get along that well. well that's like it's like ultimate method acting, <laughs> except <laughs> like stirring the pot, you know, like making it worse. Maybe maybe uh, in the fall when it's around Halloween time, we should do Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, which is from 1964, and Betty Davis is in that one, and it's. Uh, Every bit is uh, uh, complex as this. It takes place at a southern mansion, and there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. Wow. I think it's the I'd same. Be, I'd be down for that, yeah. So anyway, I gave this movie 
after considerable thought and care, a nine. I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave it a, I'd give it a nine as well. And I think it's got a lot of different things happening that make it interesting to watch. I mean, it's, it's got great direction and cinematography and, and the lighting is really well done. Um, it's got some really funny parts too. It's like it's not. It's like a black comedy almost. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and I was laughing at a couple of things. And I'm like, oh wait a minute. That, I don't know if I should be laughing at that or not. But Victor, <laughs> Victor Bruno. Every time I saw him on the screen, I, I wanted to laugh. I always wondered what happened to him after after uh, Baby Jane and Blanche were picked up at the beach. Oh, well, he was he was super sad because he's not getting his hundred dollars a week anymore. He's never going to get that new suit. He went back to the loving arms of his mother. Yeah, I mean, it was... <laughs> Dahlia it's just Flat. so funny for me to think. I think I mentioned it in, in the part one of this, but it's like, it'd be even better if he was living in the basement of his mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> Who better. knows? He was yeah. pretty dramatic. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we did this. It, it, it's, a, it's a fun movie, and... Uh, What's up next? Next episode, we're going to watch Shane. And I'm going to be trying to figure out why it was so prominently figured in the movie Logan that I mentioned a couple episodes yes. ago. <laughs> yes. But, uh, it has some really beautiful uh, photography and scenery. And Alan Ladd, <clears throat> Gene Arthur, and uh, Van Heflin. And Brandon DeWild. Remember the little boy? Yeah, yeah. Van Heflin. I love that name, Van Heflin. That's a great Van name. Heflin. Jack Palance plays the really bad gunslinger coming up from either Denver or Cheyenne to take care of business. Mm. I can't wait to Good watch movie. the uh, the scenery. I love I love westerns that have just those epic sort of like wide shots of like the scenery, and then there's like the cowboys riding as a, like oh, a yes. speck along the bottom or something. So. That'll be good. I saw this movie with my uh, cousin in Duluth, Minnesota. We took the bus to the theater for an afternoon of movie watching. Don't ask me how I remember that. I just remember seeing it. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny how you just remember certain things like that. That's cool. Some big old rickety theater in downtown Duluth. God, what a what an adventure that must have been. That's cool. It was. I think I was 12. That's so cool. Well, we can talk more about that next episode and yes, dive yes. into some more of the history and background of Shane. So thanks for listening, everybody. This is Matt Johnson coming to you from Portland. And Bob Johnson from Los Angeles wishing you all happy movie watching.
And you're and, and this is the group that there's thousands of volunteers, right? So you're sort of the president of Well, there's different yeah, there's like thirty different volunteer programs. The total number of volunteers is about thirteen hundred, a little over thirteen hundred. And is this sort of like the board that manages all that, or like what? How does this relate to all those? People? Well, the, the 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 guild that I'm the president going to be the president of is the original volunteer group, and it's about a hundred people, and they were the first ones to get set up. And there's a a membership re requirement, and since uh, you pay twenty five dollars a year, so it's a it's a minimal commitment. And uh, then there are all these other volunteers that uh, do all kinds of things, like when I go meet that actor, that's a different volunteer program. What they're trying to do is put them all into one umbrella organization, so that's a part of what I'm going to work on this coming year to see if we can coordinate this a little bit more, get more coverage. But there, there are a lot of people that volunteer. It's amazing to me. Cool. Well, congratulations again on that.